Time for the WJR Sportsbook? You bet. Sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Now here are your hosts, Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Let me just ask this question. Has it already been a week that we helped open the brand new Sportsbook Ascend at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort? It's already been a week? Yes. And that was fun. Maybe, you know, fun times are sticking with you because it was great. Oh, it was. Yeah, I just got back. Uh, (laughs) With more donations to the casino. Yeah, you know me all too well. Uh, It was a wonderful time. Thank you very much once again to uh, the fine, fine staff at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort for their hospitality and for their support of this here radio show known as the WJR Sportsbook. I'm Steve Courtney. I'm Jamie Edmonds. What's up? I would like to say I made a donation to the sports book because Kansas did not treat me well. So that puts uh, the courtship up a six pack. Right. In our currency. Right. And I was going to bring you a six pack today and then I forgot. (laughs) Eh, Don't worry about it. Uh, We'll just build on it. Okay. We'll pay up every four months. Eventually I'll be rolling a keg (laughs) in here. Well, in a perfect world, uh, what a weekend it was, eh? Uh, We'll talk about the Masters. You better believe it, because I have a thought on that. Um, But going back to Friday's opening day, uh, always, always special here in the D. And uh, a dramatic come-from-behind win, and Tigers were off and running for a second. (laughs) Two comebacks. Yeah. That was... The game was kind of meh for, you know, six, seven innings, but it got interesting there at the end. I liked it. And who is the hometown hero? Eric Haas again with a homer to tie that up. You know, God bless the former Divine Child Falcon. Uh, That was good stuff. And then uh, one of the new guys, Javier Baez, coming through. And how did the umpires not see it go off the wall? Because I saw it go off the wall. I was already down below because, as you know, as a sports person, you have to go down about the end of the eighth. So I'm in the little press conference room waiting for A.J. Hinch, and we're all watching this little TV. And it wasn't obvious right at first. And Javier Baez said afterward he didn't quite know either. That's why his reaction was so good. Yeah, it was uh, priceless. But uh, in any event, uh, the Chicago White Sox would go on to take two or three in the weekend series. And... Uh, a little bummed out with yesterday's result. Uh, White Sox win it 10-1, the finale. Uh, Tarek Skubal, the 25-year-old left-hander, four innings of work. He gave up seven hits, five runs. Four of those were earned, uh, walked one and struck out three. Uh, we had Tarek Skubal on the Mitch Album show uh, last Thursday, as a matter of fact. And he was hoping to get off to a good start. <laughs> Well, neither starter in the first series got off to a good start. They all allowed runs in the first inning. And I looked this up. Rodriguez ERA, 675. My, 720. And Scooble, 9. That's not good, especially when you consider the bullpen issues that the uh, Tigers have to start this particular campaign. Meanwhile, uh, they are in action right now. Good news is Tigers at Comerica Park, tied with the visiting Baston Red Sox at uh, one apiece. They are now bottom seven. Uh, and Matt Manning, who uh, got He the is start. having a good start. Yeah, the uh, 25-year-old is uh, having a very nice outing. So there you have it. We'll keep you posted, of course, on what's going on there. Uh, meanwhile, yeah, it was 
Masters Weekend, and it's an event like no other. Let's not kid ourselves. That's actually the saying. But <laughs> I didn't just coin that. No. Darn it. Could put that on a T-shirt. Uh, my thought is this, especially in the northern cities. People, even some non-golfers, will watch the Masters. Yes. Because of what it represents and the tradition and blah, blah, blah. But I think those of us golfers in the northern climates love the Masters because, A, it's a hell of a tournament. B, it means your golf season is just about here. It's the spring signal that we're about to get out there ourselves. Yes. Yeah, and uh, it, it was very exciting because, you know what, you watch PGA Tour golf uh, in January. <laughs> you know, it's nice. but you, I, I like the February swing when they're in California. Oh, I like yeah. watching Pebble Beach, and I like watching Riviera, the Genesis Open. But you still just get an incredible itch to play, and you're still a couple of months away right. here in the Mitten State. But anyway, I digress. Uh, it was fun to watch, obviously. Uh, what was making all the headlines for all the right reasons early on, uh, Tiger Woods, five-time uh, Masters champion, uh, coming back after that horrific accident a mere 14 uh, months ago. And, you know, he was generating so much vibe after he was one under after one round. Well, he was generating all this attention for the practice rounds. Do you see the crowds oh, yeah. for just oh, him yeah. practicing? So, obviously, uh, the dude still has a lot of clout. But then I remember, you know, being asked about his one under after round one. It's like, look, the dude's just coming back. There's a lot of golf to go. And uh, to be honest with you, as we watched what was a pretty darn cool walk up, walk up the 18th fairway yesterday uh, with the people going absolutely crazy and his reaction, you know, he was... 13 over at that time. Uh, very untiger like. But when you consider what he's been through, I wasn't really all that shocked, to be honest with you. No. In fact, that was the worst performance of his professional career at Augusta. But think about what he's been through. And that's why people cared so much because the comeback story is just so good. Well, and he couldn't putt. Tiger's MO is putting. He had no feel. He said that. He's yeah. like, I putted a thousand times. It was relatable. Well, not to mention, uh, it certainly was. <laughs> uh, not to mention, he knows every single inch of Augusta. And you've got to place the ball where it has to be placed because there is no forgiving from that course. That's how he won in 2019 because he knows it so well. And I think the re whole reason he decided to come back is because he knows that course so well. And it's been so good to him. But... He was limping so much on Sunday. He looked like he was in serious pain. Well, he has committed to the uh, Open Championship. Uh, is he going to play Twix here and there? Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, he told Amanda Balionis in the post-round interview uh, that he's in pain. And, you know, the ice baths are terrible. Um, so we'll see how, how long it takes for him to rebound from this. He's certainly not the old tiger. Can he get back? I don't know, but maybe he can figure out how to play golf with his limitations now. I think he's going to have to, Yeah. uh, you know, look, as we've said before, father time waits for no one.
No. So he's going to have to spread this out a little bit. And you've seen this with athletes. Sure. Who've kind of been, I don't know, kept to themselves when they were at the, their height. People were saying that he would never have done the range right by where all the fans could see him before. He would never talk to fans the way he did this weekend before. He would never, you know, smile at them, interact with them. He's a changed guy, clearly. Well, and that was one of the questions. You know, how going through an accident like this, how would that change his perspective? Because, look, let's not kid ourselves. Tiger, depending on who you're talking to, didn't have a stellar reputation. No. Uh, A little standoffish. I'm Tiger Woods and you're not. Uh, but when you've accomplished everything that he he's done, I mean, whatever. I'm not here to judge Tiger Woods. Um, are there questions remaining about that accident? Yeah, but there's people in charge that are supposed to take care of that. Uh, I'm just under the impression that in my lifetime, because I was a little bit too young to capture the glory of Arnold Palmer, uh, Gary Player, Jack Nicklaus, all of those guys, uh, didn't really, to be honest, have an appreciation of the great game of golf while they were in their heyday. I sat in amazement week in, week out with Tiger Woods. And if you saw the documentary on HBO, was it eye-opening? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Because here's a guy that had it all, everything. Yeah. The money, the fame, uh, a beautiful family. And then... Yeah. Well, just speaking of documentaries, have you seen the Arnold Palmer one? It's a couple I of have. parts. Yeah. That was excellent and gave you a glimpse into how he changed the game in his era. And now Tiger doing the same thing. But, yeah, I don't know. Well, you I don't know, know if he's going to come back like he was. I'm not going to bet against him. Right. Because I think the dude is that good. Um, but I'll tell you what. It was pretty damn powerful when they had the overhead shot when he was on the 18th green and the gallery that surrounded him right was unbelievable because people care and his comeback story yet again is fun to watch i'm happy he's back yeah and uh, you know want to see a lot more because again uh not gonna bet against him um is he gonna win another major i wouldn't bet against that either right so I don't know. we'll see. Meanwhile, I, the uh, man of the hour, because the kids playing some golf, is the uh, winner of the Masters, Scotty Scheffler, 25 years old. And what a story uh, this kid is. We'll detail that as we continue here with the WJR Sportsbook. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Welcome back into the Sportsbook here on WJR, proudly presented by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Thanks to them once again for their support. Uh, Meanwhile, Scotty Scheffler, 25 years of age. He is your brand new Masters champion. As a matter of fact, he is the fourth player over the last 50 years with four count them four pga tour wins in a single season before the end of april who's on that list well he joins david duvall 1999 tom watson 1980 and the great johnny miller in 1974 
But there's so much more on this kid's resume. More on Scotty Scheffler in a second. Let's bring on the producer of this mess, uh, <laughs> the one, the only, Nick Roddy. Nicholas. Steve. What's happening? How's it going? It's all right. Um, hi. Hi, Jamie. <laughs> See you, too. Uh, interesting tie-in uh, because James Pyatt, the U.S. Amateur Champion, out of Michigan State University, he was also on hand uh, for this Masters. And to say that James got an education at Augusta, an understatement, but still, he will not come down from the clouds for a while, Nick. No, but he's got to soon because he's playing in the uh, RBC this weekend uh, at Hilton Head. So he had some interesting th- things to say. He was on spin on golf last night with Sean Belegian, Jordan Young, and Brian Cairns. That's, and a, Brian motley, that's Cairns, a motley group right there. Yeah, uh, no fun there. BC uh, is his coach. Right. So Brian was at the, the Masters with James Pyatt, and they had some crazy things to say. Interesting. The most interesting thing that I took away from the conversation was how pleasant Bryson DeChambeau was to play with in the practice round. I told you I liked him. James and Brian Cairns and Brian was not a Bryson fan going into this really appreciated Bryson and how sincere he was, how helpful he was, anything they asked him. uh, He had a great response. He, He was Wonderful to uh, play alongside for the practice round, which was I thought was fascinating. Well, uh, you know, DeChambeau apparently has got some game finding here. He's not healthy. I guess he's really banged up, but uh, this is not going to be a Masters that uh, he remembers either. No, but I thought the exact same thing when I met him at the Rocket Mortgage last year. He is a nice guy. Seems to be. I mean, uh, you know. Uh, I think like anything else, if if you're playing well and things are going your way, of course you're going to be a good But guy. it wasn't going well for him at the Masters, and he was nice to James Pyatt. Well, I see you, Bryson. I like him. <laughs> having met uh, James Pyatt a couple times, you know, he's just a good kid, and uh, the world is his oyster. Got a lot of raw talent, and uh, going to be interested to see uh, where his career goes. Did he shed any light on that in the conversation on spin on golf, Nick? Where he's going? Well, he's going to play in the RBC Heritage, and then he's going to go back to Michigan State and play right. in the like conference play because I think he said they're ranked like 32nd right now in the country, which is unusually high for Michigan State and unusually high for a northern uh, university. So he's going to play in conference play at Michigan State, and then he's going to turn pro um, after his college season's over and then kind of pick some tournaments to play in um, kind of later in the summer. Yeah, because you get uh... – Quite a deal as the U.S. Amateur Champion. I mean, a lot of things yeah, built he's in. He's got like nine more uh, exemptions he can right. use. Well, I know Casey Luban, fine head coach here at Michigan State, happy to have him back in the fold. All right, back to uh, Scotty Scheffler. Uh, this dude is uh, having a streak that we have not seen in uh, quite some time. Even though he four putts 18. You know, wasn't that something? Six, six putted and still won. I, right. He had some to spare, but it was uh, unbelievable. Uh, he has won, uh, what, four of his last six starts. Yeah. Waste management, Arnold Palmer Invitational, the match play, and Masters. I kind of felt bad for Cameron Smith. It couldn't have got off to a better start. Right. He got it to within one. 
Yeah. And then fell off. Birdies one, birdies two. He's on his way. And then three, the par four. Scotty Scheffler chips it in. And if that ball doesn't go in, it's easily 10 feet past the hole. Right. But it goes in. Scotty Scheffler is meant to win. Uh, Cam Smith bogeys that hole. He would also bogey uh, the par three fourth. Then he really runs into trouble on the back at the par three twelfth, takes a triple. I'm wondering, because even as hacks, if you're playing somewhat of a money game, and I'm ten, twenty dollar, whatever the case may be, and things are going relatively well, then boom, out of nowhere, some idiot chips one in and takes the lead. It's it's sometimes hard to overcome, let alone at the level we're talking about with the uh, tour players. Oh, yeah. I mean, golf's mental as well. And to see someone across from you chipping in while you're struggling, that's really tough to come back from. But everyone was talking about how Scotty Scheffler manages his emotions, and that's what makes him really good. Well, I found it interesting because in his post-round interview, he said he cried like a baby yesterday morning. Right, like in private. Yeah, Yeah. because... Yeah, it's not like he was at 7-Eleven bawling his eyebrow, <laughs> eyeballs out. Um, but because the whole thing, you're the leader going into Championship Sunday at Augusta. And you're the number one golfer in the world. Like, there's pressure. Well, and you know what? He pulls his first drive left. Yeah, he did not start well. And it's like, oh, boy. Yeah. And then the approach is to the left of the green. But like he did all weekend long just an amazing touch his short game forget about it irons too approach shots he's good i mentioned uh the run he's on and this is another amazing deal 56 days ago scotty scheffler was still trying to win his first pga tour title now as we mentioned he's won for the past six that he started that is the best stretch since jason day in the summer of 2015. As a matter of fact, Scheffler joined Ian Woosnam in 1991 as the only players to win a major. The Masters, oddly enough, in both cases, in their debuts as the number one player in the world. He, you know, managing emotions from this point on, too, and expectations and pressure will be something for him because now people are saying, oh, well, if he can win four in two months, maybe he can make a run for majors. Make a run for Tiger. Make a run for Jack. It's like everyone has to go a little too far. Oh, like sure. That. But as we know, there there are no guarantees. That's what makes professional golf just the ultimate. Right. Because it's not a given that Scotty Scheffler is going to win six, seven majors, let alone eight, nine, ten. Right. You know, what he does from this point on as the number one player in the world and to whom a lot is given, a lot is expected. Uh, but, you know, he's he's just got that demeanor that you don't know if he's up by five or if he's down by three. Right. Well, I read an article about players being very excited or excitable, like people getting excited about certain players. It was Jordan Spieth. It was Rory McIlroy. It was Brooks Kepka, And they won a couple majors, and then they haven't. In a really long time, even though Rory made a nice run for it in the final round there. Yeah, that was nice to see him hole out on uh, 18, uh, as a matter of fact. You know, he uh, finishes uh, seven. Eight on- under final round. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, he uh, that's what he said going in, that if I catch fire, we'll see if we can make something happen. Um, but he falls uh, a little bit short. Uh, meanwhile, Scheffler finishes at 10 under. He uh, picks up $2.7 million. Uh, that brings his total to 8872000 over his last six starts. Nice. I don't I, think I there's cry. any. cry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's any coupon clipping going on at the uh, Scheffler household. He doesn't care about gas prices. Not at all. No. Uh, but we'll see. One note. I did not expect to hear the Matthew Stafford Clayton Kershaw High School can't escape it thing to be discussed during the Masters, but here we are. Yeah, Scheffler goes to the same high school as uh, those two guys, and you know, knowing uh, number nine, I'm sure he's reached out to uh, Scheffler, and that is impressive. And I've been to that high school because when the Lions were there playing a playoff game, I went to that high school. To talk oh, did to, you now? Talk to Stafford's is it nice? Coach. Oh, my gosh, yes. It's, like, very fancy, so. very fancy area. And then his picture's all in the stadium and stuff. I'm talking about Stafford. But that's impressive to have a World Series champion, a Super Bowl champion, now a Masters champion from your high school. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, it is uh, kind of rare. I'm sure it happens where you get a lot of talent out of a certain high school. But, uh, you know, I went to the same high school as Eric Haas. <laughs> Well, have I ever mentioned that you got home run King same Eric Haas? Yeah. What's that, Nikolai? I said the same time, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the problem is I was just being held back year after year after year. <laughs> they wouldn't let they wouldn't let me out of Divine Child until I paid my tuition. Well, what are you going to do? You just uh, get around to it when you can. Uh, we will uh, shift gears here and uh, talk about your Detroit Pistons and various and sundry as we continue with the WJR Sportsbook. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. All right, Tigers, Red Sox still tied at one, bottom eight now. Javier Baez at the plate for the Old English Deers. They got a runner on first, so there you have it. Uh, Meanwhile, your Detroit Pistons wrap up this particular campaign with that Sunday night loss in Philadelphia to the 76ers, uh, dropping their final game, and with that, locking their spot in the coveted NBA Draft Lottery's bottom three teams. Now, here's how it works. The three worst teams at the end of the season have the best odds to land a top-four pick, 52.1%, as a matter of fact, and the number-one overall pick, like they did last year, 14%. The Pistons, Magic, and Rockets will be in the bottom three this particular year. Your thoughts on this Pistons campaign? I say job well done. You got you were competitive. There were um, lots of developments with those younger players. They, they did what they needed to do to once again get a top four pick and maybe make the playoffs next year. The NBA uh, draft lottery, by the way, is going to be held on May 17th. So, uh, Nick, you're the basketball coach for crying out loud. Uh, your thoughts, uh, and, and to be more specific, uh, Kate Cunningham, we know the, uh, the statements that the great Dave Bing made about, you know, Dave not seeing Kate as uh, being, you know, a franchise guy to build around. Then he kind of backed off those statements because the way uh, Cade played, uh, I think from the middle of this campaign on, lights out. Yeah, it was a little concerning when he started the season injured, uh, obviously, uh, 
that you don't want uh, your number one pick to start not by not playing. But uh, the way he finished, I mean, he, he was just not named rookie of the month. And I think Pistons Twitter is about to like light on fire because he wasn't named rookie of the month. Uh, a lot of people think he should be rookie of the year with the way he finished. I mean, I'm he, one. I'm one of them. Yeah. And, and, and I agree with you. I, I think he should be rookie of the year. I, I don't think a team success should factor in a rookie of the year. The other guys who are up for the award had a lot better situation around them than right. Kate Cunningham did here in Detroit. Did uh, Baez just go yard? Yes. Two-run homer. Two-run blast. All right, Tigers up 3-1, bottom eight. Anyway, uh, yeah, I like the direction that this Piston team is going. I do have a feeling that it is going the right way. Yes. Even Tom Gores, the uh, fine owner, feels the same. Because, look, this Piston team has been off the sports radar in this great city for a while now. I think the moves have been made to right the ship very soon. Yeah, I mean, Blake's money comes off the books. They have free agent space. They're right. going to get probably a top four pick. They have Cade, Sadiq, and Stewart, who I believe you could build a team around. I'm excited. They could maybe, you know, contend next year. You know, I like the way Jeremy Grant plays. Why is his position on this team always being discussed? I mean, back at the trade deadline, there was conversation that they were going to try and move him. I like because the way they he plays. 23 games and maybe he had well, value. I would imagine so, but you, you want to be good. And I think that Jeremy Grant could be part of the solution and not he, being part of a problem. Definitely not a problem. I think he's great and he wants to be here. Well, and you know, that's a great thing about Cade Cunningham because I think he does have the potential of being an extraordinary young talent. And here's the thing about that. He wants to be here. Right. He is happy to be a Detroit Piston. It sure seems that way because everything he has said has been pitch perfect for fans here in Detroit. Now, Nick, let me ask you this, uh, being the basketball guy. Um, as Jamie alluded to, uh, we got some money freed up. Uh, Blake's gone, blah, blah, blah. Uh, do you find the Pistons to be a compelling landing spot for a noteworthy free agent? Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, if I'm a free agent watching the way Cade uh, makes other players better, I mean, just look at Marvin Bagley, who they traded for at the trade deadline. He was doing nothing, and, and he averaged, what, almost 15 points per game when he was in Detroit. If, if you're a slight upgrade over Marvin Bagley, look what you could do in Detroit. And the name that I've seen um, tossed around a lot uh, of possibly signing in Detroit um, would sound familiar to MSU fans is Miles Bridges, Ooh. who I think would be uh, a great fit. With. I thought you were going to say Gary Harris. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would take him too, but yeah, Bridges, I think would be a great fit for this team. Miles Bridges still plays with a lot of energy. Always like that kid. I don't uh, know if like a big free agent wants to come here. Is it a yeah, destination? Yeah, probably not a big free agent, but if you're a guy like Miles Bridges, you're not necessarily uh, a top tier, or maybe he's probably a fringe second tier free agent, or I think he he would feel like he can come here. Plus, he has the roots of yeah. going to school. Yeah. Elsewhere uh, in the NBA, 
is anybody on this panel beside themselves that the Lakers are not in the postseason? No, I'm good with it. To quote uh, our board out Blake, it's a real shame. Ah. It is. It's a real shame. Blake, once again, Blake, telling it like Mr. it Negativity. is. Negativity. Yeah. You know, he's like that uh, dude on Gulliver's Travels who is always just bringing everybody down. But that's all right, Blake. He's I don't, uh, I don't get that reference. <laughs> you never watched Gulliver? Well, no. that's a little before your time. I apologize for that. I don't understand that. it either. <laughs> uh, now, there's an interesting little tidbit here, and we'll discuss it. Juwan Howard, a possible candidate for the L.A. Lakers head coaching job since they blew out Mr. Vogel. Thoughts? I don't think it's real. Like, I don't think he would really go. If I were a possible head coaching candidate, I don't know why I would go to Los Angeles. It's a no-win situation because if, I mean, yeah, you, you're not in control. It's obvious LeBron's in control. He, he controls when he plays, when he doesn't, who he's bringing in with him, who, who they trade away. You're not going to have control of the team. So if also, I'm not Howard, any other guy, I wouldn't go to LA. LeBron's not going to be there forever. He wants to go where his kid's going to go. No, he's on the back nine, and there's all sorts of wheeling and dealing going on. You would uh, think anyway. Uh, the Anthony Davis thing, eh, whatever the case may be, but um, clearly uh, LeBron, at a point in his career where there is no loyalty, but then the question is, with him, has there ever been? Right. Well, he's jumped ship a bunch of times. You know. For for um, Jawan's point of view, he is at a place that believes in him and stands by him even when there's some negativity surrounding what happened this year. His kids go to school there. He's a Michigan man. He, I don't think he leaves. No, I don't think he has uh, really any interest. He is uh, going to be treated very, very well there in Ann Arbor. And, you know, quite frankly, there's unfinished business there. And, um, you know, we'll see. But, um you know, certainly can't speak for the guy because obviously Jim Harbaugh has had success at the college level. He almost got back into the NFL game. And, you know, I would imagine that if, you know, you've had success at the college level, as Juwan has had in his relatively brief career at Michigan, is it enticing to take it to the next level? I'm sure it's enticing. I mean, it's got to be fun to live in L.A., make a ton of money and be out there. But I'm with Nick. Like, there's just too many negatives of being the head coach there. The uh, NBA playoffs, the uh, play-in games. Yes, that's what we've gotten to in the NBA. The East, number seven, uh, Brooklyn. Uh, number eight, Cleveland. You know, they Ben Simmons has yet to play for the 76ers. Am I right? I think he's got a back injury right now. Oh, it's always something. What a lame brain deal that was. Yeah. It's always something with that guy. Uh, number nine, Atlanta. Number 10, Charlotte. And then in the West, number seven, Minnesota. Number eight, L.A., the Clippers. Uh, and then number nine, uh, the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> and number 10, San Antonio, the perennial postseason club. What do you think of the play-in game? Because we were looking ah. at these records. I think it's fine, but so Minnesota – is 10 games over 500. They're 46 and 36. They're the seven seed. San Antonio is 34 and 48, 14 games under 500. And in two days, the Spurs could be in the playoffs and the Timberwolves could be out. 
and that's what I don't like about it. Yeah, it's yeah. not fair. I, I just don't understand the logic behind it for the formula that you just disclosed, Nick. I mean, could you imagine being a team that finished 10 games over, but you've got a one-game play-in, and you lose, and you're done? Now, then again, that's kind of what, like, the AL or the, the MLB wild card is like. It, that doesn't factor in your record. But, yeah, I still don't like it. No, not in those stats that you just suggested. That's not fair. You deserve a series. Is there a reason behind this? I mean, as opposed to what the old days when you you, you Eight, played a one seven two like, and you played a best uh, three out of five, right? Yeah, I guess it's just to give more teams an opportunity to get in. But I, I don't even know was that solving a problem that we didn't necessarily have. I'm, was that really a problem that there weren't enough teams in the playoffs? I don't know. I'm just glad MLB went to a universal DH. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get uh, that in. Uh, any event, Tigers now uh, up 3-1, bottom eight, runners on second and third with one oh. out. So be nice to uh, get back on Look the winning up. side of the ledger. A guy who hasn't been successful at the plate, but... I'm not worried about it. He's going to get a hit one of these days. Spencer Torkelson. You know what we're going to do? We'll take a break. Hopefully, we'll come back and talk about Torkelson's tater. Leave it here on 760 WJR. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Dang, nab it. <laughs> So from that, you understand what happened with Torque. Yeah, Torque uh, works the count full. Uh, runners on second and third, one out, and took the third strike looking. You know what? He'll find himself. Don't you worry about Spencer Torkelson. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not worried about it. I had Chris McCoskey on Sports Final Edition. He's like, I'm not worried about anybody. Not the starting pitchers, not anybody. It's been three games. Right. and Let's you, chill. You take a look at Twitter. And after yesterday's, all right, disappointing loss. It's over. Right. You know, so much expectation for the Tigers, and they cannot live up to it. it it's three games. We got an email to the station. What do you guys have to say for yourselves for talking up this starting rotation? And now look. <laughs> I can't wait for people to get frustrated with Javi Baez because he's the streakiest player. Like yeah. saying this, coming. I, so I'm a Cubs fan first and foremost, and watching him over the last few years be super streaky with the Cubs and then his whole Mets thing last year, it's going to be great because people love him right now. But Blake's fandom is interesting. Cubs fan? Yeah. Okay. Cubs fan and hates Mike Krzyzewski. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Apparently uh, a LeBron and L.A. hater. That should be everyone. I don't think that's abnormal. I think that's become a little bit more universal, to be honest that, with that's you. That's true. Uh, meanwhile, uh, let's quickly take a look at your winged wheelers. 7.30 tomorrow night, they will play host to the Ottawa Senators. You'll recall uh, the Red Wings lost both of the uh, home and away series with the Senators back on April 1st and 3rd, and the Red Wings lost to Columbus 5-4 in overtime on Saturday night at LCA. If you're keeping score, the Red Wings, a mere 10 games left on the schedule. That's probably good. (laughs) 
It's been well, a struggle, a slog here at the end. You know, I guess you could easily make the argument if you're Stevie Eisenman that, uh, you know, they played where there are a couple of times that they were very uh, non-competitive, of course, but it's a very young hockey club. And, uh, you know, I'm sure uh, across the board they're going to be happy to get this thing done. Uh, but, again, uh, at the start, they were playing some very impressive hockey towards the middle. And as we've stated on this program before, they were in the wild card conversation up until about a month, month and a half ago. Yeah. I mean, Iserman has some work to do, but the good news is they have 10 draft picks in the 2022 draft. By and design. They have a couple of their prospects who played in the NCAA uh, national championship game who played quite well. So I know Stevie Wives seen all of that. Oh, yeah. Again, the uh, Red Wings getting together with the Senators on home ice, 730 tomorrow night. Uh, back to golf. Uh, what is the next major? Well, thanks for asking. Uh, Scotty Scheffler won the Masters going away. He is the number one ranked player in the world. You know that. Uh, John Rahm opened as the favorite to win the PGA Championship at 11-1 to 1 at Caesar Sportsbook. Scheffler and Rory McIlroy are next at 12 to 1, followed by Colin Murakawa and Justin Thomas, who are each at 14 to 1. Um, Tiger, by the way, uh, he opened at 40 to 1 to win the PGA Championship, according to Caesars. Well, Tiger, even for the Masters, was if you just put a little money down, he did something cool, you could have won a lot of money. Oh, with the uh, in progress betting? I mean, that's uh, pretty darn cool. When uh, Soaring Eagle gets that app going, we could just go through them. And that's uh, right around the corner, as a matter of fact. And that's going to be very, very exciting. Uh, you know, the opening of Ascent a week ago was uh, very, that's a beautiful room. Very nice. I didn't know what to expect because I had never even been to Soaring Eagle. I thought it was great. The rooms were great. The sports book was Beautiful, great food. We got every appetizer on the menu. And? Excellent. Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> oh, I love a good Wheel of Fortune slot machine. And I picked one of those giant ones that are in the center. And I sat there and I won <sighs> 500 bucks. Look at you. Yes. Okay, if you're waiting for a reply from me. <laughs> now. You don't want to do a play-by-play of what happened for you? Eh, I had a couple of moments. Then they, you did uh, call your uh, royal flush with a deuce or something like that. I, I mean, did. Uh, <laughs> Nikolai uh, was uh, uh, on my shoulder, and I said, uh, talking, kibitzing for a little bit, and I said, excuse me, why I hit this wild royal flush. That's like calling Kobe. It hit, it hit the and button. And he hit it. Yeah. So that was a shining moment. But, Excellent. Uh, can't wait to get back up there. And uh, as you alluded to there, partner, the – They've got their own app coming out. They're all very excited about it. So we'll keep you up to date. And uh, once that becomes reality, uh, we'll make a big to-do about it here on the Sportsbook. And in case you're wondering, and I'm sure somebody driving down 94 right now is saying, hey, what about Phil Mickelson? Uh, the defending PGA champ uh, didn't play at the Masters. He opened at 100-1 to 1 to repeat. So Phil is not relevant to me after everything that went down right now. Well, you know what, there is, uh, you know, kind of uh, some ugliness um, circulating that he wasn't invited to the Masters. You know, they got a lot of rules there. Right. Uh, and the thought was Lefty wasn't invited. 
Uh, no, he was invited. He could have played, uh, but he withdrew mm. for reasons that we now know are obvious. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think, uh, you know, it's only a matter of time before he makes his triumphant return. Um, but uh, I guess uh, he had to do a little self-assessing. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested at the moment. Maybe I will be when he comes back. Wow. Yeah. Look at you giving the cold Although I didn't, like, him. love him before either. This isn't, like, a huge fall from grace. Tiger could do no <laughs> wrong for me. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> All right. Uh, our time together has come and gone. Can you believe it? Uh, Blake, thank you very much. Very diligent as always. Nikolai, uh, appreciate your uh, presence as always. Partner, do it again next Monday right here on 760 WJR.